Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? It's going good. I, I feel like this week is going to be like an episode of the Federalist Papers. Oh, yes. Because all we're going to talk about this week are states, basically. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's very. It's our Hamilton-Jefferson moment. And, and by the way, for those keeping track at home... Amy plays the role of Jefferson most of the time, and I play the role of Hamilton. That's right. That's just how it happens. You are the Federalist usually in our in our discussions, but yeah, it's it's one of those times you know when you have as many state conventions as we have, and you have roundups every week. There's going to be a week where it's just like a flood coming in. So uh, that's because there was a flood of them happening the last couple of weeks. Yeah, so to all of our listeners who are not in one of these states, sorry, you can hear about your friends and neighbors in other states. Yes, care about your neighbors. We're here, you know, treat your neighbor as yourself, or love your neighbor as yourself. Treat them that way too, I guess. But love your neighbor as yourself, and this week we'll talk about your state's neighbors, all of them, probably. Yes. So, got a few of these to go over. Before we get to that, though, we do have some news from the ERLC and the Sexual Abuse Advisory Group. There's a new resource, Amy for churches uh, that are looking to care well for the abused. Yeah, so I didn't know about this until this week, but I'm really eager to hear more. It's called the Introductory Guide to Caring Well, a resource to help churches care well for survivors of sexual abuse and implement policies and procedures to prevent abuse. It's a free PDF that you can go to and look. It's it's about 24, 25 pages that just goes through the very practical side of policies and procedures, yeah. uh, safety policies, things like that. Yeah, this, this is like the front end of caring well. This is setting things up to, to keep things as safe as possible and, and to have systems in place that help you care well. Uh, it talks about having a caring well team, talks about screening policies, best practices, how to set up your policies at your churches, uh, being prepared for disclosure, and then how to really discuss these things with the staff and volunteers and congregations. So uh, just uh, allow you to communicate well in the church about how to care well and prevent sexual abuse in your church. All right. So are you ready to, to uh, jump into these states? Yeah, Amy, let's jump in. And we're going to start where you were featured. I mean, you know, honestly, you, you were on a poster, I'm sure, in Virginia at homecoming, um, but you didn't make it into the story. Sorry. But they did elect their first African-American president and increase their CP. So it was a great few days at the SBCV. And uh, yes, yeah, so the new president is Dr. Alan McFarland, senior pastor of Calvary Evangelical Baptist Church in Portsmouth, Virginia. It was a very exciting time for the messengers of the SBCV. They had more than 1,100 people there, 655 messengers, and approximately 473 guests. I'm going to guess I was one of those. So that's where I'm in the story, John. Yes, I'm in the 473. Yes. So uh, yeah, Alan McFarland elected president. Also, Monty Geis, senior pastor of Swift Creek Baptist Church in Midlothian, was first vice president Vernig Suarez, pastor of Iglesia Bautista del Camino in Norfolk, Virginia, is second vice president. And then Jim Drake from Parkview Baptist Church in Bluefield, Virginia, as secretary. So had a great crowd. And then they also, as you said, they adopted their budget for 2020. They call it the Cooperative Ministry Investment Plan. 
for $10 million. That's an increase uh, from 2019, an increase of, of uh, 200000 And 51% of, of CP gifts will be forwarded to the Southern Baptist Convention, including 3.26% for CP resourcing. They also did a backpack collection. Messengers dropped off 3,435 backpacks at the annual meeting. So just an incredible you know, pouring back into the community, into the state, uh, d- through that backpack ministry in Virginia. And, and look who they had leading worship, Amy, Charles Billingsley, one of our favorites. Yes, I remember. He The last time I was anywhere where he led worship was in uh, at the SBC in New Orleans, I think, in 2012. Hmm. Been a long yeah, time. he did. He did an yeah. event in Oklahoma that I went to with Doctor Rainer. I think it was the Oklahoma State Evangelism Conference. Yes, two or three yeah. years ago, and we got to spend some time with him. He's a delight. Absolutely enjoy uh, watching him and uh, and hearing him and, and having him lead in worship. So, yeah, uh, great time. I'm sure. And they, they, you mentioned last week they had H. B. Charles as well as Ken Weathersby also speaking at the event. Where O. S. Hawkins, Ken Witt, and Vance Pittman, and the outgoing president Eric Thomas, whose uh, brother we mentioned last week the new president over at Oklahoma Baptist University, Heath Thomas. So uh, congratulations to the Virginia Baptist. Down to Georgia we go with a golden fiddle, Amy. Are you doing, is this like a, the Charlie Daniels song reference? Is that what Yes, that was a Charlie Daniels song reference. I, I got you. I'd, yeah, no I golden fiddle. Thomas Hammond did not play a golden fiddle, but yeah. they did adopt a restructuring. Yes, that's kind of that was their big, their big focus. They had one thousand one hundred twenty-eight messengers at the Georgia Baptist Convention. They met um, at New Hope Baptist Church in Fayetteville, and uh, their big focus uh, was this restructuring. And essentially, what they did was uh, take their ministries and make them into five teams: church strengthening, Georgia Baptist women, strategic church planting, pastor wellness, and research and development. And so. That's something that they will be focusing on this next year is to restructure their offices into those areas. Um, they approved a budget of forty million two hundred fifty thousand, and they will forward forty percent to the Southern Baptist Convention Executive Committee. Officers that were elected at the Georgia Baptist Convention include President Robbie Foster. First Vice President Josh Safecow, Second Vice President Javier Chavez, Third Vice President Grady Caldwell, and Fourth Vice President Derek Berry. I always love the Georgia ones because of the Third and Fourth Vice Presidents. So uh, that's that's pretty cool to see those. Congratulations to those guys. They also passed some resolutions, one on appreciation of New Hope Baptist, one on the appreciation for Delos Sharpton for 20 years of service with the Baptist Village as President and Chief Executive Officer, most of the time there with them. A resolution expressing gratitude for the years of service of the state missionaries and support staff impacted by the reduction in staff earlier this year that we covered here on the pod. A resolution on protecting children and vulnerable individuals from sexual abuse. A resolution urging the Governor Brian Kemp over in Georgia and lawmakers to enact legislation against drugs, hormonal therapy, and sex reassignment surgery as treatment for minors with gender dysphoria. And they also had a resolution on critical race theory forwarded on to the executive committee for further discussion. All right, Amy, out to Hawaii we go. One of these days, I'm going to have to check out the Hawaii Baptist Convention. I think maybe you should send me there as a correspondent next year. We'll we'll talk about that. Okay. Submit I'll bring it in the budget and we'll see what Trust happens. Trust me, I will bring it back up. I, I think North Dakota is more pressing for you than Hawaii. Sorry. That's true. I have to check that off my bucket list. I'll go to North Dakota first, and then I'll go to Hawaii the next year to recover from going to the very cold place the year before. Yes. 
Yes, so the Hawaii Pacific Baptist Convention met at Olivet Baptist Church in Honolulu. They had 168 messengers representing 50 churches, and they had 93 guests. Uh, Of course, this is an interesting convention because they have over 150 of their cooperating congregations include churches in Guam, Saipan, American and Western Samoa, South Korea, Japan, Thailand, and the Philippines. So that's a unique convention that we have. And uh, I just always think that's interesting to point out. They reelected Steve Irvin, senior... Crikey! (laughs) I don't even have a response to that. I really don't. They, Steve Irvin, senior pastor of Pali View Baptist Church in Kaneohe, Hawaii. I'm sure I said that wrong as president. Sterling Lee, senior pastor of First Baptist Church, Pearl City, first vice, as first vice president. And Alan Krober, senior pastor of Mililani Baptist Church is, as the second vice president. And then they also elected Grace Poe, member of University Avenue Baptist Church in Honolulu as recording secretary. They approved a budget of $1.8 million and a little bit more, which marks a 22% decrease from the current year. Anticipated cooperative program receipts amount to $1.25 million, and they will continue to forward on just 20% uh, to the cooperative program. Uh, remember, they had that restructuring last year where they retain 80% uh, for funding the Hawaii Pacific Missions and Ministries. Here's some good news, Amy. The Hawaii Pacific Church's giving through the cooperative program increased in 2017 and 2018 and is currently on pace in 2019 to exceed gifts from last year. So that's exciting. That's good stuff right there. One of the things I love is that the picture of the officers for the Hawaii Pacific Baptist Convention, there's something different about it than any of the other officer pictures that we normally see. They have lays just because it's Hawaii. They have lays around their neck. Of course. As they, I love that. I mean, I guess that would be strange to do that in another state convention. It's very specific to Hawaii, but I still like it. It's uh, it's uh, that's a fun picture. You should talk to Milton and see if y'all can do that in North Carolina. I'll I'll ask. I'll ask. Just the that. historical committee can get the lays. Right, right. How yes. about that? That'll work. So, all right, all right. Let's go up to New York. Well, they met at the end of September. We got the story in this week. They passed a 2020 budget that anticipates eight hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars in cooperative program receipts, with thirty percent being passed on to the national CP. The total budget. In New York will be $2.1 million, a little bit over $2.1 million. They elected President Alberto Camacho, pastor of the Rock Church in West Haverstraw, New York. Uh, As vice president, Paul Flores, the pastor of Iglesia Bautista Nazaret in West New York, New Jersey. And recording secretary Steve Salas, member of Bellwood Baptist Church in North Syracuse, New York. And Matt Evans was also elected as recording secretary. He's the pastor of New Life Baptist Church in Niagara Falls, New York. They have two recording secretaries, Amy. It's a lot of work. They work together. A lot. Yeah. There's a lot going on at these meetings. So yes. you got to have somebody paying attention. you got people really recording and what's going on. So that's good. Dr. Floyd and O.S. Hawkins both spoke at the New York convention. So Dr. Floyd had a, had a lunch up there as well and talked about CP, some young leaders and stuff. So that was a really cool event uh, that he uh, told me about when he got back from that. So a good trip up to New York. And that brings us to West Virginia. Amy, I see Johnny Hunt preaching right there in the picture. Yeah, he is. And I love that set that's behind yes. him. That's really great. Cleve with- Persinger. Hot tip to Cleve Persinger. Nicely done. I love, I love the set designs and the, the just the... The entire branding identity from West Virginia. I think it's one of the best in the SPC. 
Really, really cool. So it's uh, if you can, we'll have the link in the show notes if you can check it out if you're listening and just see that background with the word multiply and uh, I just love it. Of it course, that really, could be really at good. the church and just the normal thing from the church. But we give we'll give the hat tip to Cleve. We'll give the hat tip to the the people at the church anywhere. But it's a great background. Yeah. Really, well, love the, it. the theme was multiply, so I'm guessing yes. that was unique yeah. to the event. So they did it. So yes. great job, so Cleve. They did it. So the big news in this story is that the new president of the West Virginia Baptist Convention is Mason Ballard, pastor of Resurrection Church in Charleston. He's 26 years old. You think he he may be the youngest state convention president out there? Well, he's the youngest state convention president in West Virginia history because yes. that's what the headline says. Um, so headlines, I, you know, they help yeah, sometimes. No, but I bet, but I'm, I'm saying across the country. Oh, there's I'm no doubt. There's probably, yeah, there's probably not a younger state convention president. So no. Mason Ballard is president. First vice president, Larry Garrison, pastor of Open Door Baptist Church in Weirton. Second vice president, Jason Spade from Fairlawn Baptist Church in Parkersburg. He's the pastor there. And then recording secretary is Chuck Morrow, who is the associational administrator for the Upper Ohio Valley Baptist Association. They also had a minister's wives gathering before the event, and Catherine Renfro from North American Mission Board, Alana Opdahl from Oasis of Hope led that. So that, that's kind of neat to see them doing that for uh, the women in West Virginia and the, the minister's wives. They approved a budget totaling $2.296 million, uh, representing a decrease of just 5.6% from this past year's budget. It allocates for 41.5% to be passed on to the National Cooperative Program Ministry Allocation Budget. And next year, Amy, they will celebrate their 50th anniversary. And they'll meet in, uh, in Scott Depot, which is where the actual uh, state convention offices are, just outside of Charleston. Very cool. So that, that'll be kind of neat. They're going to have both Kevin Ezell and Paul Chitwood next year at the state convention in West Virginia to celebrate their 50th anniversary. Pretty exciting right there. All right, so let's go to the Baptist Resource Network of Pennsylvania, South Jersey. They met in Harrisburg and had 189 messengers and 87 guests, representing 107 of their churches. But they also reached nearly 1,000 through their live stream. So uh, it sounds like they were able to connect with many others. They passed a $3,012,000 budget. They will allocate 30% of CP receipts to SBC National and International Missions and Ministries. That's up from 29% in 2019. They unanimously elected officers, Amy. Chris Buff McNichol, who's the pastor at Grace Falls Church in Absecon, New Jersey, was elected president. John Weathersby, the pastor of Transcend Church in Harrisburg, was elected vice president. Jennifer Musser, community engagement director at Choice One Pregnancy and Sexual Health Resource Centers, was elected the secretary. Barry Whitworth also issued a 10-5 challenge, urging 10 churches to step, step out and get on the move in each of five areas. Those areas include healthy churches, church multiplication, compassion ministry, collegiate ministry, and international missions. So just kind of urging them to step up and, and lead in those areas. Uh, and also, here's a good one, Amy. The cooperative program giving in the BRN, was up 13% this year. Wow. And that brings us down to Alabama, Amy. So in Alabama, it looks like they were cold at this year's meeting. Why is it that? Said, oh, yeah, record lows. It said they had record lows. But uh, it was in Daphne. I mean, that's like probably 60 degrees in Daphne. It says every four years they travel to the milder climate, but temperatures drop to record lows at Eastern Shore Baptist Church in Daphne on Mobile Bay. It sounds like it was not what they had hoped. So No. 
Sorry, they didn't get that. They had 665 messengers representing 328 churches. They approved the third year of a 50-50 allocation in cooperative program funds. They passed three resolutions, one on making our churches safer places, and in that they affirmed the State Board of Missions partnership with Ministry Safe to make resources available to help prevent child sexual abuse. They also adopted two other resolutions, one commending Alabama's leaders for enacting the state's Human Life Protection Act, and then one that voiced appreciation to the host church and the association, as well as area churches. Officers were all reelected. Tim Cox, pastor of Liberty Baptist Church in Chelsea as president, first vice president, Buddy Champion, uh, who is the pastor of First Baptist Church in Trussville, and second vice president, Morgan Bailey, who is pastor of Macedonia Baptist Church in Ranburn. Well, sounds like they had a good meeting, even though it was somewhat frigid down in Daphne. A place that it wasn't frigid was Puerto Rico, where they met last week and had their largest ever attendance at their annual meeting, 142 messengers and more than 60 guests, so more than 200 people in Puerto Rico. They approved a budget of anticipated receipts of $62,626, up from 32000 in 2019. They pass on 15%. That's up from 10% last year. Uh, so basically, remember, Amy, this is a new state convention. The old state convention was pretty much dissolved. They restarted a new state convention. Felix Cabrera moved down there. He's leading the state convention down in Puerto Rico. They're doing great things down there. Uh, got the Sin Relief Center, which we'll talk about in just a second, down there in Puerto Rico. So NAM's really helping a lot there. Cabrera is uh, leading the state convention. It's growing a lot of excitement down in Puerto Rico. Jonathan Santiago, who directs that Sin Relief Center in Puerto Rico, reported that since Hurricane Maria in 2017, nearly 2,500 volunteers have served in recovery efforts, and about $3 million in aid has been distributed to pastors, local churches, and the general public. This translates into more than 700,000 hot meals served and approximately 350,000 bags of groceries. Volunteers have recorded more than 70,000 work hours in the Sin Relief Center in Puerto Rico and have worked on 900 homes. 420 of those have required new roofs. So a lot going on down in Puerto Rico, still trying to get over Hurricane Maria, which really just devastated the island about two years ago. Uh, they did elect officers, President David Colon, the pastor of Iglesia Bautista Logos in Santa Isabel, Vice President Junior Martinez, pastor of Iglesia Bautista Comunidad de Gracia in Guayania, Secretary Javier Torred, pastor of Iglesia Gracia Redentora in Vega Baja, Assistant Secretary Gil Ramos, the pastor of Iglesia Bautista Renacer in Lares, and Treasurer Raul Torres, pastor of Iglesia Bautista's Oasis de Amor in Puenales, and Assistant Treasurer Andres Laracuente, pastor of Iglesia Biblica, Metro Carolina. You know, I did all those officers for the last several stories we've just done, just so that you would just to set you up. So you would, would do these because you did a fantastic See, job. This is where watching La Liga helps. I recognize these uh, names and these types of names because I watch La Liga. That's the soccer in Spain. Ah, yes. Amy. Yeah. I don't, yeah, okay. I don't. I yeah, saw so the you're, blank you're look on your face. You're much better at this. Yeah. You're much yes, better at this. Uh, no idea. I try. It, it helps. It, it helps whenever right. you watch European soccer. To learn yes, all these names you know in the World Cup say. and all those things. So South American soccer, that too. All right, over to Colorado, Amy. All right, so Colorado Baptists met in Grand Junction, messengers and guests totaling 236, which I think is a great number. 
for Colorado. Major highlight from the meeting, election of new president John Moreland, the convention's first African-American president. This is something that's happened in a lot of state conventions this year, not just Virginia and Colorado, but we saw it in South Carolina and other places. And sounds like Pastor Moreland did a great job, had a message. At, he preached at the convention speaking on the issue of the modern church falling into step with the world rather than with Jesus. And sounds like it was really inspiring to the people there. Other officers elected were First Vice President Mark Spence, who is pastor of Mississippi Avenue Baptist Church in Aurora, and Second Vice President Greg Teal from Calvary Baptist Church in Delta. Messengers adopted an in-state ministry budget of $2.197 million and a total budget of just over $3.6 million and voted to increase their cooperative program allocation to 35% from 33.15%. Uh, just some incredible things coming out of Colorado. Nathan Lorick has gone there and just absolutely revolutionized that state and the state convention work out there in Colorado. So it's exciting to see the work that's going on in some of these uh, non-South states, Amy, just that the growth and the potential that they have out there uh, to do great things for the gospel. It's exciting. And Nathan Lorick is led well in Colorado. So congratulations to them. And we go to South Carolina where they registered 759 messengers at their 199th annual meeting. You know what that means for next year, Amy. 200. So next year at the 200th anniversary meeting, Amy, Alex Sands will take over as president. He was elected the president-elect. So Josh Powell will serve this year. He was the president-elect last year. And then Alex Sands, elected president-elect this year, will start serving next year in 2020 at the 2020 meeting. So congratulations to them on their election. Elected as first vice president was Brad Vassy, the pastor of Hillcrest Baptist in York. Second vice president, Seth Buckle. The student minister at Spartanburg First Baptist Church, recording secretary Kathy Hall, a member of Camden First Baptist Church, and registration secretary David Dinkins, pastor at Cedar Creek Baptist Church in Bishopville. They approved a budget of $28 million, Amy, this year. It's unchanged from last year, and they are sending on 41% of those receipts to the Southern Baptist Convention National Cooperative Program Allocation. And they adopted resolutions addressing such social issues as the state's fetal heartbeat bill, human trafficking, and the Equality Act that is before Congress. So it sounds like a great meeting in South Carolina. It had 759 people at that one, Amy. That's a big, big meeting there in South Carolina. And we go up to your home state where you were also in attendance yes. in North Carolina. Yes. So North Carolina Baptist, the big focus really was who's your one. I was there for all of that. That was great. Had 1,387 messengers. Two special worship services, one focused on evangelism. That was the one that Dr. Floyd came and brought a great message to. Also, a church planting celebration. And I was not able to be there for that uh, because of having been in Virginia and, and things, but heard that it was really incredible. Messengers also approved a $30.5 million budget for 2020, which included an increase in the percentage allocated to the SBC through the cooperative program. Um, and that was, so that was a 0.5 point increase to SBC missions and ministry causes, moving allocation to 42%. All the officers were reelected to a second term. Steve Scoggins, who is from Hendersonville. I love, love, love Pastor Scoggins. He's done a great job as president. So I'm going to give him a shout out since that's my state convention. And so he'll serve a second year. Also, uh, Michael Perdue, who is first vice president, and Matt Ledbetter, second vice president. Well, that sounds like a good meeting, Amy. I, I heard good things from you, from Dr. Floyd, who was there. And it was cold at that one, too. 
I don't think the cold that they had in Alabama really touched the cold that you had in North Carolina. It was cold and rainy. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Over to Oklahoma, Amy. We'll wrap it up today. They're going to send $1 million more to the SBC for Gospel Advance next year. We talked a little bit about this last week when we mentioned the sending ceremony that they had in conjunction with the annual meeting. More than 1,000 Oklahoma Baptist messengers and guests met to improve a cooperative program budget of $26.1 million, uh, which is an aggressive commitment to grow the CP by more than $600,000. They're shifting 3% more to the SBC, so 43% will move on to cooperative program ministries. That's $1 million more that will be sent to the IMB, North American Mission Board, and the seminary. So really upping that percentage there in Oklahoma. They also reelected Blake Gideon, the senior pastor of First Baptist Edmond, to his second one-year term as president. They elected Jeremy Freeman, the pastor of First Baptist Newcastle, as first vice president. David Hooks, a pastor of Bryant Avenue Baptist Church, as the second vice president, and approved eight resolutions, including one on brokenness as an opportunity for the gospel, on increasing baptisms in Oklahoma, on ending abortion, promoting the sanctity of human life. All right, well, that's a lot of states that we just covered. Yeah, we we did. This was a lot of these today. Yeah, this was a ton. I'm going to guess this would be the most we've covered in in one week. So thanks. Yes, 12 of them. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. Well, I'm sure this is going to be a shocker, but we're going to talk about state convention meetings in this week in SBC history. Yes. I just thought it would be interesting to go and look back. And so I'm actually uh, going to drop in the show notes linked, a link to three different years, for 1948, 1949, 1950, to show some state convention wrap-ups, just because I think it's uh, it's interesting to look and see what they were doing in 1948. Did you attend any of those? I did not. Okay. I, I did not. My My mom was a year old then, so, you know. Couldn't, couldn't do that. Uh, so in 1948, it looked like the focus for this, I picked one particular issue, tried to ha- hover around November 20th to 22nd range in these years. So focus on Arkansas Baptists uh, who were nearing the end of a debt repayment. They had a debt that had been that had come from a compromise in 1937 during the Great Depression. So uh, they were celebrating the fact that they were almost at the end of that. They also had adopted a record budget of $597,000. And at that stage, they were at 60-40, and they were moving toward what they said was a 50-50 ideal. California met, and they adopted a budget of one hundred. dollars $25,000, and their division was interesting, uh, 30% to Golden Gate Seminary, 45% to state missions, and 25% to the cooperative program. There's a headline down uh, for where Georgia was celebrating going to a 50-50 allocation. So this was at a time where the cooperative program had been adopted in uh, and had come into play in 1925. And so they had laid out this sort of 50-50 goal in its adoption. And so a lot of these states were finding ways to move toward that. So you see that. There's a headline down of North Carolina going 50-50. D.C. Baptists celebrating 1,242 baptisms and then uh, dividing their their budget 50-50. And thinking about this, this is a state convention that we don't even have a relationship with anymore uh, in the SBC. So just a very interesting thing to look back. Also a headline down at the bottom about South Carolina going 50-50. 
And then if you go, I've got another one in 1949 where same thing, Mississippi going 50-50, Tennessee, Louisiana ups cooperative program budget 12%. So during this time, that's what a lot of the states were talking about because it was in the sort of 20 years after the cooperative program. And then in 1950, they did a huge wrap up all in one story. And so that's just kind of kind of interesting. I also want to call your attention to a fun story in the 1948 one. Right in the middle of all these convention wrap-ups was just this random story about a woman, a Baptist housewife and mother of three teenagers who got $5,000 in a lump sum. She won a Christian fiction prize from Erdman's Publishing, and it said she paid a tithe to her fir- to First Baptist Church of Bartlesville because she believed in tithing. Then she got taxed on it, and then she sent money to Baptist missions in China, and all she did was buy a typewriter. And so it was this beautiful story about that. But the big focus is, you know, we're doing convention wrap-ups, state convention wrap-ups today. Well, that's what they were doing this week in SBC history. Well, like we said, tis the season, right? Yes, tis the season. What's neat to see that and look back at uh, what those states did in their history, so A lot of things have changed since the 1940s in the SBC, but one thing has remained constant. State convention meetings happen in November, apparently. All right, well, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? Mine is the Seven Arrows Study Bible. I was just looking at this here at ETS. I'm at the Evangelical Theological Society annual meeting. I was looking at it in the bookstore. I was excited to look at it because Mary, my 15-year-old, uses the Seven Arrows Study Bible, and I've been watching her use it around the house, but I didn't really get a chance to look at it until yesterday, and I just love it. I think it is it is a great, great study Bible for anyone. I think it's really, really good for teenagers, young adults as well. Um, there's a website for it, sevenarrowsbible.com, that kind of lays out. It's very focused on taking the mystery out of Bible study and asking sort of questions. What does this passage say? What did this passage mean to its original audience? What does it tell us about God? And so forth. There are videos that explain how it works, and I just think it's a really, really cool resource, and so I wanted to share that one. That's cool. What do the seven arrows represent? So what they've done is uh, the the editors of this, the the two people behind it, Matt Rogers and Donnie Mathis, they basically just developed seven simple questions, and they have an arrow to sort of represent each one. So like when, what did the passage mean to its original audience? That's an arrow going to the left because it's thinking backwards. What does this passage tell us about God? That's an arrow pointing up. What does it tell us about man? An arrow pointing down. So it's just kind of some symbols and ways that they okay. use in it. Uh, just a and tool. It helps you, just a, it helps it helps you, you to read the Bible in, in a certain way that you that's understand right. all the context of it. That's right. So it's a Bible study that's method that's laid out. Okay. Really, really neat gotcha. book. Yes. Well, that's really neat, Amy. And I also have a study Bible, so dueling study Bibles today and resources of the week with a Bible commentary, the new one from Tony Evans. So there's the CSB oh, yeah. Tony Evans study I've been Bible. Seeing, I've been seeing that too. So a really great new resource from Lifeway. Evans is a well-known in the evangelical world, pastor at Oak Cliff Bible Church in Dallas, has been there a long time. I'm not quite sure how many years he's been the pastor there, but it's been a while. He's actually been in ministry, in pastoral ministry uh, 50 years, and now he is releasing a new study Bible in cooperation with B&H and the CSB. So here's a cool thing. 
the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C., has informed that they'll be placing the publication on display in the future. Very cool. That's a great honor. I mean, they don't have a copy of SPC FAQs in the Museum of the Bible, Amy. So this is a pretty big deal. Yeah, and I don't think they should. So okay. this is a Yours very... Yours is going straight to the Smithsonian. That's this okay. is a very big deal. I'm excited about this. I want to get my copy of the Tony Evans Study Bible. Yeah, I need to get a copy of this. I'm really more interested in the commentary. I'd love to see his commentary on things. So really enjoyed Absolutely. his preaching. He's done a chapel at Lifeway a couple of times when I was there. And uh, obviously, everybody knows his daughter, Priscilla Shire. So uh, Tony has just uh, been a great servant of the Lord, done a great job in Dallas and ministered to thousands and thousands and thousands of people in Dallas and uh, even served as the chaplain for the Dallas Mavericks for three decades and counting. And he's a former chaplain of the Cowboys. So been involved in really influential places there in Dallas and congratulations to him on the publication of the study Bible and Bible commentary. I got to get a copy of that. Very cool. All right, Amy, this week, Thanksgiving, you got any plans? You, you staying put? Uh, well, we're in California for ETS and we're going to stay a few extra days and have kind of a nice vacation time for nice short vacation. And then we will fly home to North Carolina and have Thanksgiving there. So very excited about that. All right. And I am headed to one of my favorite places in the world. Dollywood. Dollywood. Yes. Yes. So headed to Dollywood this week and then to best family for Thanksgiving, uh, like we do every year. So a little bit of a drive for us this week, but we're going to have some fun, get, get away from the office a little bit and, ride some roller coasters, eat some great food at Dollywood and in Pigeon Forge. So looking forward to that. If you're going to be at Dollywood, be sure to say hey. So <laughs> I'll be there this week. So, But we will have a show next week. We'll record late on Thursday night or first thing Friday morning if, if Amy's not out Black Friday shopping. Uh, and we'll have a show for you next Friday. So be sure to keep an eye out on that. And then as well, stay tuned to us on social media for any possible breaking news. We'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>